Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is set for one episode. Your host from Columbus, Ohio, is Michael Kirk. Welcome to the Outlaw Mudcast. Hello and welcome to the Outlaw Mudcast, your digital audio dirt sheet for all things Super Show. Top story. We're going to talk about a couple upcoming championship matches. First, Monday night, that is the day after I'm recording this, January 2nd, I'm recording this on the 1st, January 2nd, there will be a grand battle match. The winner of this grand battle match will face Big Match Pete for the LFF World Heavyweight Championship. The six players in this match are Pat Mulligan, Ken Fouché, the judge Tim Riley, the Italian Bombada, the star maker Everett Stevens, and the player of the era, Press 1P. I do not know what competitors these players will be using. We will find that out Monday night. The match will be streamed live on the SRG Universe Twitch channel twitch.tv slash srguniverse, 8 p.m. start time. So tune in to watch this grand battle. As part of the build-up to both this grand battle match and the grand battle match that will be happening at Grand Gathering 3, they finalized a new crowd meter for grand battle matches. On the last episode of Talk of Universe, Steve Resk came on and went over all of the levels of the crowd meter that will be used in this match. I do not know if and or when it will be available for purchase on supershowthegame.com. Steve Resk, the creator of the game, did say that he is sending a copy of the crowd meter to the SRG PC website, srgpc.net, so you could look up the crowd meter. As of right now, it is currently not on the website. I don't know when it will be posted to srgpc.net. Hopefully sooner rather than later. There was one thing I wanted to bring up because it is mentioned at the bottom of all of the cards for the crowd meter for the Grand Battle match. And that is that Universal Dropkick cannot stop follow-ups with Over the Top in the name. The reason why this text is on the crowd meter is because there are two versions of Universal Dropkick that exist. The more common version, it's a lead strike at number 25, stop any printed finish grapple. If the stopped card did not have a competitor logo or skill requirement, this card is also a finish. Now this text won't affect follow-ups with over-the-top in the name at all, because this only stops printed finish grapples. We also have Sweeping Slam that stops printed finish submissions at number 26, and Umbrella Hold that stop printed finish strikes at number 27. Those aren't mentioned because all those have a similar text. But there's a version of Universal Dropkick that says, Stop any 
finished grapple. If the stopped car did not have a competitor logo or skill requirement, the crowd meter is plus one and this card is also a finish. So you could run that version in your deck in a grand battle match and use this to stop follow-up over-the-top cards, cards with over-the-top of the name that were also grapples. They've decided to essentially prevent this by making it so you cannot use these to stop follow-up grapples in a grand battle match. You could still stop printed finished grapples with it, so you just could not stop follow-up finished grapples that have over-the-top in the name. Next set of championship matches. Sunday Night Fights, January 8th. So a week from today, the LFF Tag Team Championship and the LFF Tri-State Tag Team Championship will be on the line. So be on the lookout for those. January 4th, the LFF Trios Championship will be on the line. The champion, Jeremy Steigerwald, will be defending against challenger Bobby Motherlovin Ohio. I don't know who Bobby Ohio will be using in that match. I believe Jeremy Steigerwald going for memory is champion with the family. Very good, I would say underrated, trios competitor. We also have news concerning the LFF Tri-State Singles Championship. I mentioned the tag team a moment ago. That'll be on the line on the 8th of January. There is going to be essentially a gauntlet for the LFF Tri-State Championship. The current champion, John Pulverino, will have to face the following three men. The Screaming Danshee, the prize fighter Simon Davner, and Black Star. There's no date and time announced for these. Apparently there's going to be three weeks given to schedule these matches. I don't know if they'll all take place in the same night. I'm assuming this is the order it will be. Danshee will have to face John P. first. John P., the current LFF Tri-State Champion. Followed by the prize fighter. Followed by Black Star. I don't know if that'll be over three separate nights. I don't know if that'll all be on one night. All we know is that this will be the gauntlet that John Poverina will have to run. If he successfully defends three times, he will, of course, still be the LFF Tri-State Champion. If he loses, whoever he loses to will continue running the gauntlet. So if he were to lose to the Screaming Danchi, the Screaming Danchi would have to then play the prize fighter, and Black Star. If John P. beats Screaming Danchi, loses to Simon Davner, Simon Davner will have to defend against Black Star. And if John P. loses to Black Star, then Black Star is the champion coming out of the match. That, as of right now, is all the news I have concerning upcoming LFF championship matches. Oh, I almost forgot. James Booker, when I'm talking about the gauntlet that John Pulverino is going to have to run to defend the LFF Tri-State Championship. He also mentioned we may see a contender tournament for the LFF Tornado Tag Team Championship. No news beyond there is a potential future number one contender tournament for the LFF Tornado Tag Team Championship. Since I just mentioned January 8th in the context of that's the date when the LFF 
Tag Team Championship and the LFF Tri-State Tag Team Championship will be defended on Sunday Night Fights. It is also the last day to submit your form for nominations for the SRG Awards. On the SRG Super Show Discussion Group on Facebook, under the File section, there is a form. Download it. Fill it out. Email it to johncalais at srguniverse.com. Let him know for those awards listed who you would like to see considered for that award. They will take all of those nominees into consideration. They will come up with a list of nominees that they will publish for those awards. And then at CaptainCon, February 4th, that's the Saturday of CaptainCon, they will announce who has won each one of those awards. And we may see some awards we weren't expecting. That happened last year, could happen again this year. But download your forms, fill them out, send them to John Clace at SRG Universe. You have one week left as I record this, January 8th, one week left to send those in. You can nominate multiple people for a category. If you have no one to nominate for a category, mark that with an X or N slash A. Speaking of Captain Con, they have announced that there will be a couple of con exclusive things coming out of Captain Con. They showed these off on the last episode of Talk of Universe. One is an entrance card themed around the pirate themed game SRG Universe is going to be coming out with, Scally Wager. The other is a con exclusive competitor, Captain Connie. Again, if you're interested in what those look like, those were shared on the last episode of Talk of Universe. Full art, competitor, brand new artist for the competitor for all three finishes and for the entrance card. I don't know that that's only going to be available at the convention or if they will make that available online. I hope they will make that available online because not many people are going to be able to make it from outside of the region to there, especially with Grand Gathering 3 just over a month afterward. So I'm hoping that they make those con exclusives available, if only for just that weekend on the website. We will see, though. Hopefully they'll give us more information on the release methods for these cards as we get closer to Captain Con. Speaking of product releases, the Halloween at Christmas promo pack deck, officially it's a promo pack, although most people have just been calling it the Halloween deck. We thought that deck was going to be coming out soon. When the cards were shipped to SRG Universe from the printer, it was not a complete promo pack. Look for that pack to be listed at some point on supershowthegame.com. They haven't given us an estimated date of when that will be. They have told us that it will not be printed until after the holiday. And then, of course, there will be time that needed to ship it. So it could be anywhere about a week or so. Just be on the lookout for it. Be on the lookout if you're interested in getting the Halloween promo pack. And then there's just a couple more bits of news before I talk about the online tournaments and featured matches from this past week. First, CCC News. We have news about the 2023 
create a competitor competition. As I've talked about in the past, when you make your submission when you are in the contest, they create a black and white sketch of each competitor in the contest so people can get an idea of what they look like visually. Those sketches are currently being produced. They have been sent to the artist. I don't know when they're going to come out, but they are in progress. We also learned how big the field is going to be in the 2023 CCC. Steve Resk announced that Pat Mulligan has narrowed the field to 18 people. To put that in perspective, in the previous CCC, there were 29 competitors. In the one before that, there were at least 40 competitors. I want to say 44, just going from memory, but it was at least 40. So there are half as many, actually less than half as many competitors this year as there were two years ago, two contests ago. There are a third less this year, over a third less than the previous year, from 29 in the last contest to 18 this year. I don't know what that means for the contest. Hopefully, they do not stretch it out. Hopefully, they manage their time better. Let me say it that way. Hopefully, they manage their time better. I know they want the contest to last a long time. The smaller the field is, the harder that is to do. But who knows? Maybe they'll go ahead and instead of doing fatal four ways out of the gate to go from 18 down to, say, five, they'll do singles matches. So it'll go from 18 to nine, and who knows where it'll go from there. Since I've been in the game, we've never had a field this small. I don't know how that's going to affect the process. Also, and I found this curious, Steve said that Pat Mulligan narrowed the field down to 18. That usually implies that more than 18 people submitted entries, but only 18 made it. I don't know if that's just a, an error in phrasing, or if that actually meant that people who applied, who sent in competitors to be in the 2023 CCC, aren't even going to get a shot in competing. They got eliminated before the contest even started. I don't know. It'll be curious to find out. But that's the CCC news. Sketches currently being made for the 18 competitors that will be in the competition. Last thing I want to mention before I talk about last week's tournaments. I made an error reporting on Faction Wars 4 news. I was under the impression that the premier player that each team had to choose could not be the Tornado tag team player or the Trio player. That those two were exempt from being chosen as the premier player. That's incorrect. Both of those players could also be the premier player in Phase 1. My apologies for getting that wrong. And with that, let's talk about the online tournaments from this past week. I'll start Monday night with the Monday Night Bombada Fights. Normally, 
the consigliere to the SRGBOSS, Brian Waitfort Schmidt, hosts the tournament on Monday night. This week he was unavailable, so the Italian Bombata stepped up and he hosted the Monday night tournament. There were 16 players in the Monday night tournament, four groups, four players per group. Each played the other three in the group. Top two records from each group advance into the top cut. So eight players in the top cut. In the quarterfinal round, all of the matches are steel cage matches. In the semifinal round, all of the matches are dark matches. The finals match is a ladder match. As far as I know, there was no third place match in this tournament. The top four were in fourth place, playing as Najamai, Craig Brett. In third place, playing as Lady Baba, not sure which version, the Cheetah. The finalists were Eddie Fury, playing as Eddie Fury, and Zach Ashley, playing as the Phoenix Evie Fresh. With the winner, Zach Ashley as the Phoenix Evie Fresh. Congratulations to him for winning. As a result, he will get a membership challenge against Steve Resk. So he will play Steve Resk. If he can defeat Steve Resk, he will receive a membership ring. That was Monday night Bombada fights. Thursday, we have Chibi's Thursday night fights. The last Thursday night fights of the year, I believe he's calling it the Let It Burn edition. Let me give you the details of this event. There were 12 players playing in this last event of the year. Two groups, six players per group. Each player played the other five. Top three records from each group advance into the top cut. From what I understand, and I could be wrong about this, so I apologize if I am, all Ring of Fire matches. In the top cut, semifinal round, three singles matches, finals was a triad ring of fire match. The top three end up being in third place, playing as Macho Manny, Zach Ashley. In second place, playing as Split, Split himself. The winner, playing as El Super Hombre. Le Penguin. Congratulations to Le Penguin for winning the last Thursday night event of the year, Let It Burn. This brings us to the final pop-up event of the year, Friday night. Friday night. Let me give you the details of the Friday night pop-up event. The winner of this pop-up event will get a shot at the LFF Triad Championship. 15 players in the pop-up. Three groups, five players per group. Top two from each group advance into the top cut. From what I understand, this was similar to the previous Thursday night event. The six players that made the top cut squared off in singles matches. We go to a top three that face off in a triad match with the winner getting a shot at the LFF Triad Championship. 
the three players that end up making this triad match are Chris Pate as Combat Chris, Prince Butters as Matt Travis, and Brian Waitford Schmidt playing as his own competitor. The winner, who will be the first of two contenders to challenge the cannoli for the LFF Triad Championship, is Brian Waitford Schmidt. Brian Waitford Schmidt, one of the contenders in the last match, has earned himself a second shot to potentially unseat the cannoli and become the new LFF Triad Champion. Congratulations to Brian Waitford Schmidt for his victory. This brings us to Sunday. There's only one event on Sunday, Sunday Night Fights. There have been some discussion that we might see a pop-up. That didn't happen. There were also quite a number of matches advertised for Sunday Night Fights. Steve Resk, the SRG BOWS, had a number of membership ring challenge matches that he was hoping to get done. There was also an advertised match between Jim Bias and Pat Mulligan. The Jim Bias-Pat Mulligan match did not happen, and only one person was available for a membership ring challenge match. So, Drew Madsen, who had won the right to have this match by winning a Monday night tournament, squared off against the SRG BOWS himself, Steve Resk. Drew Madsen had won his event with Jay White, so he played as Jay White. Steve Resk elected to use Homicide as his competitor from the Catalyst Wrestling box set. Homicide's gimmick counters Jay White's gimmick. So, as long as Homicide's gimmick is live, Jay White cannot use his gimmick. So, right away, Drew Madsen had no gimmick. The match is set for two out of three falls. If Drew Madsen can win, he will receive a membership ring card, be one of the few people in the game who have a membership ring card. Normally, I don't like reporting on these matches because I feel bad for people when they lose. I know how much I valued getting a membership ring and how much that eluded me. And so I don't like reporting when somebody loses a membership ring challenge. It's unlike any other featured match or championship match where you know there's one winner and one loser. To me, it feels like there's basically one person, and either they're going to succeed or fail. And I don't really want to report on it if they fail. I don't really see anything positive coming out of that. But because it's on Sunday Night Fights, I'm going to go ahead and report on the membership ring match. The match is played using the New York Rules stipulation. So no disqualifications, no countouts. Crowd meter starts at crowd meter one. The match starts off at crowd meter one. Drew Madsen hits a finish, rolls a seven. Now, I neglected to mention this earlier, but in a membership ring challenge match, Steve Resk uses as his entrance card a membership ring. The membership ring entrance card gives you plus three to your lowest skill. So instead of being five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Steve Resk is 6, 7, 8, 8, 9, 10. 
When Drew Madsen hits the first finish, he rolls a seven, meaning the only way he can win is if Steve Resk rolls a six. Steve Resk's first breakout roll is a six. The second is a six. The third, just off camera, is a seven, but they accept it. So Steve Resk breaks out at crowd meter one. It goes to crowd meter two. And at crowd meter two, Steve Resk hits the finish, wins the first fall. So it's one fall to none. Drew Madsen must win the next two falls if he's to win himself a membership ring. The second match only stays at crowd meter one. It does not go beyond crowd meter one. The winner of the second fall, Steve Resk. So Drew Madsen does not succeed in his membership ring challenge. Afterwards, they do play a friendly match. Steve Resk plays as the angler. Drew Madsen plays as Kenny Omega. And Drew Madsen wins that match. So Drew Madsen loses the first two, does not get his membership ring, but does win the friendly at the end. So walks away with at least one victory. I will briefly mention this. It appeared that there might be a bit of controversy because Steve Resk played Homicide. The gimmick on Homicide that Steve Resk used on the copy of the card Steve Resk used did not match the gimmick on the image that Brian Schmidt pulled from SRGPC and put on the, uh, on the broadcast. That image was incorrect. The copy that Steve used is the correct copy. Zachary Snow confirmed that in the chat. I went and pulled my copy out, looked at it. It matched what Steve used. Drew Madsen looked at his copy. It matched. So potential for a controversy, but not an actual controversy. That was all that happened on Sunday Night Fights. Now, as far as next week is concerned, as of right now, there are no events posted on SuperShowTheGame.com. Based on experience, though, I would expect there to be a Thursday night event. I would expect there to be Dojo Tuesday night. Dojo, twitch.tv slash srguniverse. If you want to play, you go to the Twitch chat. They tell you how to essentially sign up to play. You sign up. You get a link to a Zoom. You go wait in that Zoom. If they draw your name, you come in and you play. Normally, you're just going to be playing singles matches. There can be stipulations. They have a random stipulation wheel they spin. They will also do two-minute challenges where you have to play matches on a two-minute clock. Be ready for that. Consider building a deck for that if you want to play in the dojo. Monday night, I don't know if they're going to have a Monday night event because, as I reported earlier, Monday night is the grand battle match to be the number one contender for the LFF World Heavyweight Championship. So that's up in the air if they'll run something or not run something. Now, upcoming live events. I talked about Captain Con, Warwick, Rhode Island, February 3rd through 5th. That's out there. There's a Create a Competitor tournament at Highlander Games in Boonton, New Jersey, Rumble at the Rumble 5. $30 entrance fee. It is going to be on Saturday, January 28th. So I believe that's going to be four weeks from now. 
four weeks from now, Rumble at the Rumble, Highlander Games, Boonton, New Jersey. It's a tournament where the winner will be able to create a competitor in Super Show the Game. They will have Swiss rounds and then a top cut. The number of rounds will be based on attendance. There's a 45-minute time limit per round. After 45 minutes, the matches go to the maximum crowd meter. Gimmicks are blanked. There may be stipulations in the top cut. Possible stipulations would be Steel Cage, Liger's Den, Ring of Fire, Lumberjack, Steel Chain, Psycho Circus, Tables, and Beast Unchained. The following competitors are booked for the event, meaning you cannot play as those competitors. The Original Snake Pit, Funtime Bob, The Devil's Advocate Dan Williams, X-Royce, Scarlet Graves, Flyboy, the new version of Alien Invader, and John Press One P. There may be other events besides the main event. That's to be announced. The other live play event I have is for April. April 15th in Louisville, Kentucky at Misos Games. They're going to be holding a Create a Competitor tournament. It's going to be Swiss rounds and then a top cut. The following competitors are booked. Original Snake Pit, Scarlet Graves, The Devil's Advocate Dan Williams, The Mad One, X-Royce, and anybody covered by the 2020 vision rule. So, original non-flip Immortal Warrior, original non-flip Vic the Brick, original Aerial Lipstick, Grim. I believe that's it. If I've forgotten anyone else, I apologize. If you're curious, reach out to, I'd say, Kirk Polka, Misos Games. Check with them. But that tournament's going on April 15th, 12.30 p.m. start time. I think I forgot to mention this. 11 a.m. start time for Rumble at the Rumble 5. 12.30 for the Misos Games Create a Competitor Tournament. I don't have any additional information for either of those tournaments besides what I've given you. Except to say that for the Misos tournament, there may be additional prizing beyond the Create a Competitor prizing based on attendance. That's it, though, for upcoming events. And that is going to do it for this week's episode of the Outlaw Mudcast. I'd like to thank all of you for listening. And a good day.